Welcome to another edition of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, the award-winning show covering fishing, hunting, conservation, destinations, and other outdoors recreation across the greater Northwest. Northwestern Outdoors is brought to you by Max Lur, Sportsman's Warehouse, Sina Sea Seafood, and Wallowa County Chamber of Commerce, and the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program. And now, let's see what's happening this week with your host, John Cruz. We're starting things off with news about wolves in Washington State today. There's at least 206 of these big canines roaming around the Evergreen State, with the bulk of them in northeast Washington, where they sometimes go after cattle, grazing on either Forest Service lands or private ranch lands. You are not allowed to hunt wolves in Washington, though the Department of Fish and Wildlife will occasionally kill animals from certain packs that are getting too fond of attacking livestock. There is one exception to this rule. If a rancher catches a wolf in the act of attacking his or her animals, they are allowed to shoot that wolf. This is exceedingly rare. So rare, I don't think I've ever seen it happen before in Washington State, but it happened not once, but twice in two separate instances during the month of July in Stevens County. In the first case, a wolf was facing off with a guard dog protecting sheep on a rancher's private pasture. And in the second, a wolf was caught in the act of attacking a calf and chasing other cows on private land. Both wolves were shot, killed, and their deaths investigated by the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. Hopefully, this will deter other wolves from these two packs in Stevens County and get them back to eating deer and elk instead of beef and lamb. This week on the show, we are going to tell you about a record sturgeon caught and released in Idaho, and we'll also get the chance to talk to Kathy Clegg. She is the woman who caught a pending state and world record tiger trout off the dock of her cabin at Loon Lake, north of Spokane this month. She broke the previous record caught in the summer of 2021. That fish, by the way, was caught out of the same lake off the same dock by her son, Kalen Peterson. What are the odds of that? In one word, astronomical. You're going to enjoy this conversation, and we'll get Kathy's take on whether she thinks her record is going to hold up long-term or not. Speaking of great conversations, I think you'll also enjoy the one we're going to have with Julie Mack. She is the host of Montana's Best TV, a streaming show coming soon to CBS stations throughout Montana that is all about hidden destinations and things to do that tourists don't know about, and in many cases, fellow Montana residents don't know about either. This is going to be some pretty fun stuff you're going to learn about here. Staying in Montana, we'll check in with Chris Madsen, the longtime fishing department manager at the Missoula Sportsman's Warehouse store. He'll tell you how the area lakes and rivers are fishing for trout, walleye, whitefish, and pike this month. We'll hit the saltwater, too, when we talk with Bob Loomis during an extended Max Minute. The topic, catching salmon off the edge of kelp beds using a jigging spoon like the Max Sonic Baitfish, something I'm a big fan of. I've caught plenty of bottom fish off those kelp beds, too. Throw in our Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week, and we've got a great show coming your way. So, let's get it started the way we always do with another edition of Sportsman Spotlight, brought to you by David Sparks and the Ag Information Network of the West. Sneaker Mails, Alternative Life Histories of Chinook Salmon. David Sparks, Sportsman Spotlight. Fish and Game official Connor Lease talked to me a little bit about the life cycle of a Chinook. Normally these fish will spend several years out in the Pacific Ocean, 
and then they'll come back and return as adults to where they grew up in the freshwater streams. That's where they spawn. But sometimes the Chinook, the Chinook will actually kind of change that course a little bit, and they'll come back a lot bigger at a smaller age, and they end up spawning somewhere else along those tributaries. Some Chinook become sexually mature after just a few months in the estuary or after one year in the ocean. These salmon are called mini-jacks and jacks, respectively. Additionally, some male par, while still in freshwater, may become sexually mature in as little as five months after emerging from the gravel. While larger than the average par, they may still only be three to six inches in length. These mature par, also known as precocial males, may either develop into a resident fish that lives out its life in the headwater rivers, or they may attempt to migrate to the ocean the following year. These precocial young males can spawn with adult females and are referred to as sneaker males. Despite the fact that they can be less than a tenth of the size of an ocean-returning adult Chinook, sneaker males are able to successfully mate with females by employing a tactic known as swarming. Hope you enjoyed Sportsman Spotlight. I'm David Sparks. This is the sound of wireworms destroying winter wheat crops live on radio. You can't see it, because it's radio. Just like you can't see it in your field. Because wireworms are underground. But you will see the crop damage now and next spring as they multiply. Stop them. Taraxa F4C treatment eliminates wireworms. Like this. It also knocks out fungal disease. Sound good? Taraxa F4C treatment from BASF. Game on, plant health. Game over, wireworms. Always read and follow legal directions. For over 40 years, the Ag Information Network has been providing news and information for the most important industry in the world, agriculture. The Ag Information Network gives you worldwide updates from local producers to regional organizations, from major crops like wheat and corn to animal agriculture to specialty crops like apples, almonds, and cherries. We report on stories that mean the most to you. Online at aginfo.net, the Ag Information Network, trusted and transparent journalism lasting for the next generation. Wetlands are some of the most important ecosystems on Earth, but our wetlands are quickly disappearing. Find out how you can help. Join Ducks Unlimited today. You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz, and our next stop is the Treasure State of Montana. We've got Julie Mack on the line. She's the host of Montana's Best, a television show highlighting the best destinations and things to do in Big Sky Country, and it's aimed not only at tourists, but locals too. Julie, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, John. Excited to be here. Well, this is a relatively new show. I've really enjoyed some of the episodes you've put up on the air so far, or I should say that you're Mm -hmm. streaming so far. Tell our listeners a little bit more about Montana's Best. Well, Montana's Best was started because there was a need for good content of showing the locals and visitors to Montana about the unique attractions. You know, a lot of people, when they come to Montana, they think like Glacier National Park or Yellowstone. And the reality is, is that the state is huge and there's so many different regions. There's six regions. And we called up the tourism department and we said, how can we help you? We're going to do the show. How can we help you guys? And they said, please, everybody goes to the north, northwest corner of Montana. Show them the rest of the state. So that's what we did. And so it's really fun because our heart is for small businesses, and it's a lot of the small businesses that are operating these 
Montana unique attractions. Gotcha. Let's talk about how folks can watch this. Obviously, the, the first stop is probably the website, montanasbesttv.com. Is this just mm-hmm. a streaming show right now? Well, for right now, we're talking in August of 2022. People can find this on our YouTube channel, our Facebook, our Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn even. But all forms of social media we have. But coming this fall, we are going to be on a streaming app called the Evergreen Channel. And what's really cool about this streaming outlet is they feature all content that deals with the northwest part of the country. So it's kind of interesting, but have you ever heard of the movie A River Runs Through It? Uh, Gee, just maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do you remember the guy that plays the dad? Yes. I'm forgetting his name, but anyway, it's it's his, his channel. Yes, yes. So he and his wife and a bunch of other people created a streaming channel and they heard about it and they were like, we have to have this. So we're excited to be teamed up with them on it. But then also we're in talks right now with CBS Montana for the entire state, not just one portion of the state. So there's four different main locations. So yeah, hopefully later this fall, we will be um, airing with them as well. All right. Well, this is an outdoors radio show you're on today, so I've got to ask, what's the most unique outdoors adventure you've enjoyed while putting together an episode (laughs) of your show? That is a tough question because every single episode is so different. So I would say the first episode that we aired, it dealt with dinosaur digging on a ranch in eastern Montana. And this ranch was like 20,000 plus acres. And To get there, we had to do a 45-minute drive going through cow pastures and going by the bulls. And I mean, it was just very surreal because when we were there, if you look in the distance, there were state parks like right there. And while we were out there, we also learned, oh, this spider, oh, yeah, this spider was in Charlotte's Web. And, oh, you see these holes? Oh, yeah, that's where the rattlesnakes <laughs> like to hang out. But most of our episodes are outside. Our second episode, you know, we were in a side-by-side four-wheeling with a good old boy showing us some of the, the best. It was a state park that allowed for four-wheel drive vehicles and ATVs to come on out. And by the time me and the crew got done, we were covered in dirt from head to toe, and we had a blast. And all we did was ride four-wheelers and side-by-sides all day, you know? So I would say that one of the most unique ones is when we went sapphire hunting. Oh. And this was in Helena, Montana, with, I want to say they were like fourth generation And everything you do is outside. And we were along the Missouri River, the same river that Lewis and Clark were on. And so while we were out there, you know, the guy's also telling us about the history of Lewis and Clark and about the land. But in order to find your sapphire, you literally had to go digging. There was nobody to do it for you. (laughs) Like You had to get a shovel. You had to get in the dirt. But I think what I really like about our show is it's promoting people, whether you're single, married, older, younger, have kids, no children. We're promoting these activities that get you out and about. It's something different. Leave your cell phone at home or leave it in the vehicle. When you do these adventures, most of the adventures are outside. So you're enjoying good Montana fresh air and the activity is outside. 
Well, I absolutely love this. And those are some great stories you're sharing, too, and some great activities that I think a lot of people don't think about when they think of Montana. Mm-hmm. But one activity I think everybody thinks about when they think of Montana is fly fishing for trout on some of the many right. great rivers. Have you filmed any episodes yet where you're fly fishing? <laughs> Put it this way, I think September of this year, it's going to be on the schedule. You know, when we first initially went out, we were trying to hook up with a guiding company because we always like to feature a company that does it to help promote their business. But it was also during the time of where, you know, still the whole COVID thing, people were only taking so much stuff, you know, at one time. So we haven't gotten the episode fishing down because ideally we'd like to do that down in the Gallatin, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. And believe it or not, this girl knows how to fly fish. (laughs) Oh, I was going to ask. That's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself in terms of where you grew up and some of the things you like to do outdoors. Sure. So I am from Montana up in the Flathead area, which just so happens to be in the northwest corner that everyone's going to. But, you know, I was very blessed to be able to ski on the ski hill, you know, be able to, you know, when I was in high school, I used to work for the Forest Service, packing a chainsaw at Talmar and hiking two miles up and clearing trail. Like, You know, I was very, very, I say blessed now because when you're younger, sometimes you feel like, oh, I got to get out. I got to go to the city. I got to go explore the world, which has been done. But I'll tell you what, Montana really is a great place to visit. And I tell people this, if you're going to come to Montana and move here, we're all about it. But keep Montana, Montana, because that's what people like about it. So, you know, I went away and I've come back, but man, do I enjoy, I don't take for granted the fresh air. I don't take for granted being able to drive a quick 15 or 20 minutes and being at a ski hill or going hiking or jumping in the lake. (laughs) You know, that's what I was doing yesterday after work. It was so hot. And, you know, I had a 10-minute walk. I was at the lake and jumping in, jumping out. And you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of things that you can't have access to in other areas. And here, we still have access to lakes. We still have access to hiking trails. You know, we still have people that really appreciate the outdoors. But also, we have locals that, you know, a lot of locals that are fighting hard to keep certain lands protected, too, so we can enjoy them and to where they're not being built up. Because I'll tell you what, here in the Flathead Valley, in the last two years, 30%, the population has gone up easily over 30%. And a lot of that old school farmland is now being built up. So, you know, growth is going to happen. I tell people that live in Montana or that have moved to Montana or their transplants here, whether we like the growth or not, our goal with Montana's Best is to make sure the traffic is going to these unique attractions and to the businesses that want the business, right? Right. So we're just here to educate people saying, hey, you might have lived in Montana all your life, but they might have not traveled more than 200 miles. Find out more about Montana's Best. Just go to montanasbesttv.com. And again, look for it on the Evergreen streaming app later this fall. And hopefully on CBS stations throughout Montana as well. It's Montana's Best, highlighting the best of Montana, their towns, their businesses, and their outdoors attractions. Julie, thanks so much for sharing this with us today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. You got it. Thanks for having me. 
Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, a nationwide group working to keep public lands in public hands. We've helped ban the use of drones for hunting. We help repair wildlife corridors and key riparian areas. We speak up against illegal ATV use. Please join this dynamic conservation group. Check us out at backcountryhunters.org. with more of the great outdoors on Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. It's time for another Max Minute, brought to you every week by Max Lure. And with us again to talk salmon fishing is Bob Loomis. Bob, welcome back. Thank you, John. You are getting ready to head towards Port Angeles. You're going to be going salmon fishing, but you're going to be doing things a little bit differently. You're going to be jigging for them near the kelp beds, and you're going to be using the sonic bait fish to do this. Tell us more. Well, John, you know, number one, I, I've told you uh, over the years, you know, if I had to pick one lure that would be pro- proficient at catching anything that swims saltwater, east coast, west coast, and everything in between would probably be a jigging spoon, which that's what a sonic bait fish is, a lead fish-shaped spoon. And, you know, using it out in the saltwater is one of the funnest things that you can do. You're fishing direct. You know, whether you're vertical jigging, whether you're broadcast fishing and and twitching it, you know, there's a million different ways to fish it. And it's a matter of triggering those fish to want to bite. So how you move it is what's going to trigger them to bite. And the sonic bait fish being a longer, narrow jigging spoon, we get a lot of flutter out of it on the fall. And when you vertically jig it, whether you're fishing off the front or the back, you know, you get that vibration on the way up. So attraction is tremendous. Well, I know the one-ounce sonic bait fish is one of my favorites when it comes to catching rockfish and greenling near kelp beds. I have no doubt you're going to be catching some salmon with it too, probably a whole bunch of silvers. So look forward to your report when you get back. In the meantime, folks, if you want to try the sonic bait fish, whether you're after rockfish or salmon, look for them at a sporting goods store near you or online anytime at maxlure.com. That's the sound you hear when a fish hits the new sonic bait fish from Max Lure Company. This metal lure can be cast, trolled, or jigged, and will catch just about anything that swims in the sea, the river, or the lake. The sonic bait fish has a unique vibration and flutter that can be rigged in seven different ways. With all sorts of eye-catching colors and weights available, you'll be reaching for the sonic bait fish as your go-to lure. It's the sonic bait fish. Only from Max Lure Company. Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure 9 inches or longer. The fish are worth 6 8 or $10, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. Enjoy a meal of wild Alaskan seafood delivered right to your door. Sea offers premium quality wild Alaskan fish and shellfish to include Copper River King and Silver Salmon, Halibut, Black Cod, King Crab, and of course, Copper River Sockeye Salmon. Order it blast frozen or smoked and experience a slice of Alaska for a special meal you won't forget. Buy your seafood now at SeaNaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SeaNaSea.com. In the Nevin Rudin motor and 
finder or two We push off the dock just before five o'clock And go sailing off into the blue You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz, and man, oh man, I have got a fishing story for you. It's a story you're probably not going to believe, but I promise you it's true. And I guess you could frame it a couple of ways. You could say that when it comes to record fish, lightning has struck twice. Or you could also say that when it comes to record fish, it's all in the family. And with us here to tell us more is the new pending state and world record tiger trout holder, Kathy Clay. Kathy, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Let's go ahead and (laughs) and start this story by talking about your family cabin at Loon Lake. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Loon Lake that's north of Spokane. Okay, well, we're on the most south part of the lake off of Larson Beach Road, and we have a cabin out there that we've had for over 20 years. And Loon Lake, it's known as a, a really good place to catch kokanee. And as I recall... It has lake trout in it, too, doesn't it? Yes, there's lake trout, there's rainbow, catfish, sunfish, um, just a little bit of everything out there. But in recent years, they have stocked tiger trout, which is a cross-hybrid trout that is sterile, and they grow really big, don't they? Oh, yes, they do. (laughs) Yeah, as you know better than anybody. So let's go back in time to just over a year ago, last July. Your son, Kalen, was fishing there with his daughter off your dock, and what did he reel in? Well, he reeled in a massive tiger trout. It weighed in at 24 and a half pounds, and he actually was trying to release it because he said, <laughs> he said something like, well, this it's going to get bigger, Mom, so I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> I'll catch it again next year, and the neighbor and I were both saying, no, no, stop, no, take, take it out of the water. This is a record. <laughs> and it was a record, not only a state record, but a world record tiger trout. Absolutely amazing fish. We actually had Kalen on our show last year after that happened and talked about it. And as I recall, he was fishing a, a night crawler and had an Okuma reel and just a standard spinning rod and got that fish in. Amazing story there. But Sunday, August 7th, you're out fishing on the family dock with Kalen and with Kalen's daughter. And what happens to you? Oh, my goodness. I had set my pole in a pole holder. We have those on the end of our dock. And it started, something was hitting it like crazy, and I just ran up, grabbed it as fast as I could, and I'm starting to reel, and this huge fish jumps all the way out of the water. I've never seen that at Loon Lake. And um, I managed, thankfully, to get that thing in, and my son grabbed the net and helped me get it onto the dock, and it was bigger than the net, of course. Right. And he looked at it, and the first thing he said was, it's, it's a world record, Mom. we got to turn this thing in. <laughs> <laughs> now, you were just fishing the same thing that Kayla was fishing, just a couple of night crawlers on a hook with no weight. Is that right? That's exactly correct. Yep. What I just let it? it out slow, and I just let it sit there. But this is a process that takes forever. And we average maybe one tiger trout per year of any size. So they're far and few between out there. Oh, wow. But do you catch other fish off your dock when you're doing this? Sometimes we've caught rainbows, mostly sunfish, or in the evening you'll get catfish, bats, or bass. There's tons of bass around our dock. So I understand you don't just fish off the dock, that you do some trolling too. Tell me about that. Yeah, my son has a 
fishing boat out there. And so we'll go trolling, like even in the morning or evening, and catch silvers, mostly. He's gotten a couple of crappie, actually, and he got a couple of max this year. Not very big ones, but they're in there. So getting back to your tiger trout, you knew it was big. You had to get it to a certified scale, and that wasn't as easy as it was for Kalen, was it? It wasn't at all because Loon Lake is really close to Deer Park, and when he caught his, we ran to Eggers Meats in Deer Park, and they were great. They weighed it and everything for us, but they weren't open on Monday when I wanted to take the fish in, and Eggers in the Valley, their scales hadn't been certified within 12 months, so then all of a sudden my son thought about Mitchlich. It's a spice company in Spokane, yes. and he's bought many spices from them for for fish, for deer, for elk. So we swung by there, and they were totally awesome, and they weighed it for us and showed us that it had been certified in the last few months. So Now, did you have the Fish and Wildlife officials meet you at Micklich? No, actually, we went out to them. There's a, Out in the valley, they have a location, and we went out in the parking lot, and they all came out. I think everyone in the building came out to see oh, the I'm fish. sure they did. I have no doubt. And folks, if you're wondering what Kathy's fish weighed, I'll tell you. 27.42 pounds. It was 35 and a half inches long, had a girth of 28 and an eighth inch. I mean, Kayla was right. This is a, not only a state record, a new state record, it is also a world record. And it's just amazing to me that mother and son both caught a world record tiger trout in just over a year's time from the same lake and the same dock using the same method. That's just an incredible story. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, what are you going to do with that fish now? It's on its way to a taxidermist, Gary Blue. He's amazing. He lived in Deer Park, but he's moved to North Dakota, and he's going to come and get my fish. <laughs> I understand that the trip he's coming to get your fish on, he's actually bringing back Kalen's record fish that he just taxidermed. He is. is that right? He is, yes. It's taken him a while to get that thing done, but I'm sure it's going to be absolutely amazing. So, yep, he's going to drop off Kalen's fish and pick up mine. So are the, the fish going to basically hang on a wall in the family cabin, or are they going to be like at a Cabela's or Sportsman's Warehouse or a museum or something? You know, I haven't really thought about it much, you know? <laughs> but my son did say he thought with mine it would be fun to to get a silver and add the silver to it so the, the tiger trout was chasing the silver. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Plus, yeah. it's a great excuse to go fishing again. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to ask a couple more details. So I know you're using night crawlers for bait. No weight. Yes. Just letting it sink. What kind of rod? What kind of reel? The rod was a Cabela's whooping stick. Okay. And the reel was an Akuma Magda. Okay. And that's a level wind reel, isn't it? It is. And I have the left hand crank because I'm left-handed. So Now, as I recall... Kalen also used an Akuma reel to catch his world record fish. Was it the same reel or a different one? It's a different one. <laughs> wow. Well, I'll tell you what. I think Okuma needs to put you on their pro staff, both of you. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, He just really, he trusts their equipment. Well, they, does, they definitely so. held up for two world record yes. tiger trout, so that's saying something, isn't it? Yes. Well, Kathy, I am tickled pink for you. This is an absolutely wonderful story. Again, folks, Loon Lake is located north of Spokane. Great fishing lake for all sorts of species. And I guess the final question I have is this. Do you think this record will be broken out of Loon Lake again? 
I definitely think it will be broken. Probably not this year, hopefully, but <laughs> every year the tiger trout that we catch seem to get bigger and bigger. So I don't think they're limited out yet. I think they're getting even bigger. So Wow. All right. Well, I suspect your record is going to stand for a while, so enjoy it while it does. And thanks so much for sharing your story with us today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, Kathy. Oh, well, thank you so much for letting me. It was awesome. Thank you. Jack and Big Bad making figurates with musky spinners and lures. Oh, honey, I love you, and that's not a lie. Musky guides all tell the truth. This must be the reason why I miss fishing more than I miss you. This must be the reason why I miss fishing more than I miss you. Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure 9 inches or longer. The fish are worth 6 8 or $10, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. Public lands and waters are integral to our outdoor heritage. Become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and stand up for our public lands and waters. Visit backcountryhunters.org today. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Our next stop is Missoula, Montana. We're checking in with Chris Madsen, the longtime fishing department manager at Sportsman's Warehouse. And Sportsman's Warehouse, as you know, is a longtime sponsor of our show. Chris, great to check in with you again. Yeah, good to hear from you. It's been a while, for sure. It has been, but I've been thinking about trout fishing in Montana. You, I know, are the guy to ask about it. Let's start off with the Clark Fork River. How's that fishing? Early morning is definitely the best. They've got hood owl Missoula down to the confluence with the flathead so you've kind of got to watch that but early morning has been good through two o'clock still hopper dropper kind of in that time of year especially with the heat the the big attractors and, and hopper patterns in the mornings and I know guys have been doing well especially below Missoula on pike early morning too in those sloughs there's been some good pike being caught so Oh, good to know. And folks, if you're not aware of what hoot owl restrictions are, when the the water temps start getting too warm, they restrict fishing. So you cannot fish between 2 p.m. and 10 p.m. That's meant to protect those fish because if you stress them out in warm water by catching them, you can literally kill them. So that's why that rule is in effect. I understand the same rule is in effect for the Bitterroot as well, which is a smaller stream, but it sure is a fun one to fish. Yeah, it's a good one. It's super popular. It gets hit pretty hard with with tourists in the summer, but still a great option. Like I said, it'll be the same as the Clark Fork fishing that one, too. With your bigger attractors and and hopper patterns kind of being the key as far as dries, and then putting a beadhead nymph below them is, is a good way to go for sure. Well, not too far away is that famed Blackfoot River where a river runs through it. Was uh, all about that in terms of its setting. How's that fishing? 
That's actually doing really well. We've had some some guides that we know that have been fishing it lately and doing well even early mornings on those lower stretches they've been getting some trichos coming out so if you like to fish really tiny flies those trichos are fun one early in the morning and then your afternoon floats can get kind of crowded with the the tubers trying to cool off in the in the hot weather but mornings and, and late afternoons of in into the evening have been really good you're getting still getting some good caddis in the evening so that's a fun one to fish too right up till dark so not everyone is a fly fisherman, though I suppose you should be if you're in Montana. But let's uh, let's talk about spinners that work too. What are some of your yep. best sellers? Yep, still has the old classic Panther Martins, the the black body yellow dots with the the gold blade, and then the the yellow body red dots and nickel blade. And those Panther Martins are are still a good one to go with. They're they're still one of my favorites to try out if I'm gonna fish spinners, spoons like your Thomas Cyclones. They're still a a good one too. They're hard to beat for sure. Let's head up north towards Flathead Lake. Have you been hearing anything about the lake trout fishing up there? Not so much about lake trout. I know that Lake Superior whitefish has, has up in the last week or two. They're starting to catch a lot more more of those using Zimmers, Rattle Disasters in the green, Castmasters with the, the green tape on it, and then your your Swedish pimples and dip those with a, a maggot. But I know that whitefish has finally started to kick off, and guys are picking up some some good numbers finally for sure. And if somebody wanted to catch some walleye, didn't want to drive all the way out to Fort Peck, where would you send them right now? Right now, I'd probably be going to Canyon Ferry or Holter. That's where I would go and try. I know I just talked to a guy last week that said Noxon's really slowed down as far as the walleye. So I'd be heading over to either uh, Canyon Ferry or, or Holter for some walleye. And are we talking about a spinner worm harness behind the yep. bottom bouncer? Yep, using your bottom bouncer's trolling those crawler harnesses good way to search for them for sure okay last one is dealer's choice what's a surprise destination people should consider in western montana ah gosh you know like i always like sealy lake early in the morning for some pike i just talked to a guy yesterday that been doing really well on pike early morning it'll slow down pretty quick once the the boaters get out of there but they've been doing well that spinner baits and and chartreuse and white seems to be a good one All right. Bottom line, folks, is lots of opportunities in western Montana, and the place to stock up on tackle is the Sportsman's Warehouse store in Missoula. And if you have any questions, just ask Chris or anybody else in the fishing department. They'll be happy to help you out and hook you up for success. Thanks as always, Chris. Thank you, John. This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at Cena Sea Seafood. They're the ones that will deliver premium wild-caught Alaskan seafood right to your door. We are talking about the best salmon to include Copper River sockeye salmon. We're talking halibut, we're talking sablefish, and more. And not only will they deliver you seafood, you can order spices there too. And they've got some that look like they'd be very good. Number one, they've got a kelp seasoning gift bundle that will really go ahead and spice up your food. They've got Alaskan sea salt and they've got a special hot sauce called Bull Whip Hot Sauce. You can order these products individually or as part of a bundle. They've got the Cook's Bundle and the Foodie Bundle, which includes not only the spices, but also the fish too. Check it all out at SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A.com for Sina Sea Seafoods. And don't forget to use the promo code OUTDOORSRADIO for 10% off your entire order. And now it's time for another fun segment. It's time to talk record fish. From the Idaho Department of Fish and Game, we learn another record fish has been caught out of CJ Strike Reservoir in the southwest part of the Gem State. This time, the record fish that was caught and released was a huge white sturgeon. 
The fish was caught on August 5th by Greg Polson, who hails from Eagle Mountain, Utah. He and his wife had traveled to this reservoir, hoping to hook into a big sturgeon, and boy, oh boy, did they. After what I'm sure was a lengthy battle, Polson landed the fish, which measured 124 inches long. Yes, a 10-foot, 4-inch fish, beating the previous catch-and-release record that was 9 feet 11 inches long. In Idaho, you have to let any sturgeon you catch go, but that just means they grow bigger, albeit very slowly. As for whether this record will ever be broken, well, biologists with Idaho Power did capture a sturgeon just under 11 feet long in the Snake River around CJ Strike back in 1993, and there are also some very big sturgeon in Hell's Canyon. But sturgeon over 10 feet long are a rare thing indeed, so maybe this record will stick for a while. As for you, Guy Polson, well done, sir. Congratulations on your new record. <laughs> Stick around. We've got more of the outdoors coming your way to include your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter with the gear you need for fishing, hunting, camping, paddling, cooking, and just about anything else you can do in the woods or in the water. With over 125 stores across America, there is bound to be a Sportsman's Warehouse near you with not only the gear you need, but also the experts to help you get the most out of the product you purchase. Head down to your local Sportsman's Warehouse today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. That's sportsmans.com. Located in the northeast corner of Oregon, Wallowa County offers a unique destination rich in natural beauty and outdoors recreation. Enjoy the clear waters of Wallowa Lake. Take a tram to the top of Mount Howard for million-dollar views. Hike or ride into the Eagle Cap Wilderness and fish or raft the Wallowa and Grand Ronde Rivers. It's all waiting for you in beautiful Wallowa County. Plan your visit today at WallowaCountyChamber.com. That's WallowaCountyChamber.com. Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program, and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure 9 inches or longer. The fish are worth 6 8 or $10, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. Want to put a smile on your face? Start off by putting a smile blade from Max Lure Company on your line. Max smile blades come in different sizes and spin at slow speeds, not like those metal blades on other lures. Buy them separately or on ready-made rigs like the wedding ring spinner, double whammy, wallet pop, and more. Smile blades work for trout, bass, walleye, as well as other species, and when that fish hits, you'll have a grin on your face that won't go away. The smile blade, only from Max Lure Company. This is the time of year to get out and cook out. So make your next meal sizzle with Camp Chef, the brand known for quality outdoor cooking. From camp stoves to cast iron, from smokers to grills, Camp Chef will change the way you cook outdoors. To eat like a king on your next adventure, go to CampChef.com or visit your local sporting goods store and get cooking. Whether you're serving breakfast in the backcountry or barbecue on the back patio, savor the simplicity with Camp Chef. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. 
Fishing and fun. That's what you'll find at Mardon Resort. Come to sunny eastern Washington and bring your RV or rent a cottage, cabin, or room at our newly upgraded resort at the south end of Potholes Reservoir. Get tackle and provisions at our general store. And after you're done fishing, hanging out at our swim beach, or boating for the day, enjoy dinner and a drink at the beach house. Find out more at mardonresort.com. That's mardonresort.com, where the fish bite and we don't. We've got time for one more shot of Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. I'm glad you're back. It is time for your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. And with Kathy Clegg in mind, it is about the tiger trout. It's a sterile mix of two species of fish. And here's your question. Do you know what species of fish they are? I'll give you a hint. One species is a trout species, and the other, also called a trout, is actually a char, and both of them are found here in the greater Northwest. If you think you know the answer, you know what to do. You can go to our Facebook page at Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Like and follow the page if you haven't already. That helps us out. And then look for the post thread where we've got the question. Give us your answer there. If you don't do Facebook, and I know more and more of you don't these days, just go to our website. You'll find that at northwesternoutdoors.com. Shoot me an email and let me know. The two species that are mixed together to make up the tiger trout. One lucky person who guesses right wins a $25 gift card from America's Premier Outfitter. And if you need trout tackle, whether it be spinners or spoons or flies or anything else, just head down to a Sportsman's Warehouse store near you. They will hook you up. Speaking of Sportsman's Warehouse, if you live anywhere near Portland and you want to learn about hunting, maybe you're an adult and you just haven't gotten into it yet, well, there's an Intro to Hunting in Oregon seminar taking place at the Portland Sportsman's Warehouse store August 23rd from 6 to 8 p.m. The cost is only $10 to attend. If you have kids that you want to get into bird hunting, especially pheasant hunting, there's a whole bunch of youth pheasant hunts coming up during the month of September. That includes two hunt days at the Fern Ridge Wildlife Area near our affiliate KPW AM 1120 in Eugene. Listeners tuning in to KBND 1110 who've got some kids and want to take them hunting might want to take them to the youth pheasant hunt in Madras. That's on the 17th and 18th. The Lad Marsh Wildlife Area is also going to have two hunt days on the 17th and the 18th. And there will also be two hunt days near Prairie City, as well as hunt days on the 17th and 18th at the Klamath Wildlife Area, at the Denman Wildlife Area, and at Sauvie Island, northwest of Portland. There's a few more on top of this. And if you want to find out more about how to register, just go to myodfw.com. That's the website to go to, myodfw.com, the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife website. And look for workshops and events and get yourself and get your kids into hunting. You're going to love it. On that note, we have got to go. But boy, this sure has been a fun show with some great guests. And I love sharing these great stories. My thanks again to Julie Mack, to Bob Loomis, to Kathy Clegg, and to Chris Madsen, as well as David Sparks. As we go, let's tune in to a little more music from Frank Prenovost. Until next time, do take care, God bless, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors.
The National Shooting Sports Foundation reminds you to check the fire danger levels in your area. Whether target shooting, camping, or even parking a car with a hot exhaust, remember to take precautions. As we know, wildfires have many possible causes. Don't be one of them.